Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley's behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. That's how you hop in. We'll get to everyone's calls here on the Odell Beckham Jr. Eagles rumors. I don't want them. I want no part of Odell. Tucker's mind's at least open to the idea. And all the Phillies takes out there. I I love that everyone's so excited. The last time I remember the people being this excited to talk hot stove kind of stuff was... Probably the Bryce Harper pursuit that year. Like, I don't think we, you know, we like, I, we talk about it because I like this stuff and we'd mentioned rumors, but like you guys wanting to give your opinion on what the Phillies should or are already doing. It's been a while. Like the um, Castellanos and Schwarber thing happened so fast last year after the lockout. It wasn't like, it wasn't much. It just happened fast. And then we were like, oh, wow. Uh, but it's been a while. People are excited about this trade term and just the Phillies spending and the fact that last year may not be a fluke year. People are really excited, and I am too. So we'll get back to all that one hour from now. Kyle Newbeck is also going to join us, one of our favorite Sixers guests, writer for Philly's Voice, uh, Philly Voice, and now uh, part of the new Sixers podcast, Clap Your Hands, along with Elliot Shore Parks. Uh, so Kyle will join us one hour from now. Before we get to all that, though, you know what time it is. It's 8 o'clock on a Wednesday. It's a Wingo Wednesday. Our guy, Trey Wingo, about to join us here, Tucker. Is he a part of the new Sixers podcast as well? Um. I mean, I suppose he could be. I, I full disclosure, and I'll, I'll say this, and I'll, we could tell Kyle. I haven't listened to the first episode yet. Have you? I have not. Okay, so we're all being honest with each other. So I think Trey Wingo could be a part of that. It would be strange though for no one to announce that. Us to. Well, I mean, we guys. I guess we could. I would think if Trey Wingo's a part of the podcast, he'd mention it to us in the next ten minutes or so. I think it would be good to to put it to you know put it out there. But anyway, on the line with us right now is the one and only Trey Wingo, who was brought to us today. By Caesars Sportsbook. Your first bet is on Caesars. Bet up to $1,250. And if you don't win, you get it back as a free bet. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 plus. Let's talk to Trey here. And joining us, as always, on Wednesday evening, Trey Wingo to talk some football after another win by the Philadelphia Eagles. Trey, 11-1 now. And it's it's pretty remarkable watching this team this year because, you know, two weeks ago they run for 357 on the Packers. And this past week they really didn't run the ball that well against the Titans, but Jalen Hurts throws it for over 370 yards and they route them. The, Trey, the balance of this Eagles offense, it's, uh, it's as impressive as any in the NFL. Joe, you're 100% right. Bill Belichick's favorite phrase is, we can beat teams a lot of different ways. And what you just said sums up the problem for someone facing Philadelphia. They can beat you a bunch of different ways. They literally ran it for almost 300 yards less this week against the Titans than they did against the Packers, and they still win by 25. And let's throw this one in here about Jalen Hurts, okay? He had 157 of those rushing yards against the Packers, and he threw for 380 against the Titans. No player in the history of the NFL before Jalen Hurts has ever had a 150-yard rushing game and a 300-yard passing game in the same season. And he did it in back-to-back weeks. He is firmly ensconced in the MVP discussion right now. Yeah, Trey, he is. I, I, and I, if I had a vote today, I would, I would put him one after this past week. And I, I'm running out of superlatives for Jalen Hurts in this season we're watching here. But, but Trey, one thing I, I know that is impressing me on a week-to-week basis with him in this offense is he pushes the ball down the field. They make big plays in the yep. passing game. Yet he only has three interceptions. And I was going through it last night on the show. You know, sometimes interception numbers could be fluky, right? You, 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 you throw it well sure. and you get a couple picks. You, you make a couple mistakes and the defense actually drops. It doesn't make you pay. But I can't think of more than, 
I don't know, five or six you know passes that have left his hand this year where I said, uh-oh. Like, it's almost like it's barely once a game where he throws one in harm's way. That That is rare. Yeah, look, I mean, but that sort of sums up the Eagles' entire season, right? Outside of the game against the Commanders, where they had a massive case of fumbleitis, that's sort of been their their key to success all year. They just don't turn it over. I mean, the the turnover differential for the Eagles and just their total turnover number are staggering, and, and that's a big part of their success. And obviously, Jalen not tossing it up is a part of that. But that that goes to the entire organization. And what an amazing job they're doing in preaching ball security and not giving it away. Trey, one of the reasons, uh, and it, there's a lot, but one of the reasons Jalen Hurts improved, I think, so much this year from last year is the addition of A.J. Brown to this receiving core. And he had a big game Sunday against his ex-team. Um, he really is a tremendous wide receiver. Trey, when you watch him, are you reminded of anyone? I mean, I, I kind of see some Anquan Bolden in him. There's not many receivers that are as big as A.J. Brown, like just physically imposing and yet can run like he runs. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you go look at it, that college uh, photo he took with his teammate D.K. Metcalf when they were both at Ole Miss and they were just jacked. You're 100% right. I think Bolton's a really good comp. Uh, and even Larry Fitzgerald to some degree because Larry is a big, strong receiver and would just not get out-muscled for the ball. And uh, obviously, A.J. said after the game that one meant something to him. And look what the Titans have done since. After that game, they fired their general manager, John Robinson. So, uh, you know, obviously a lot of repercussions from that deal that clearly hasn't worked out. The Titans still don't have a single receiver that has 400 receiving yards on the season. They're the only NFL team that does it. And on Sunday against the Titans, it was A.J. Brown becoming the first Eagles 1,000-yard wide receiver since Jeremy Macklin in 2014. That had to make him feel really good. We're talking to Trey Wingo here as uh, we look at the Eagles 11-1. and We'll get to the game against the Giants coming up on Sunday. Trey, the state of the NFC changed a little bit here um, on Sunday with the Jimmy Garoppolo injury. There's some uncertainty of how serious, but it, it sounds like a pretty big long shot for him to get back this season, whether it be you know any time in the playoffs here. How much does this change the NFC for you and, and the teams that could compete with the Eagles? Because I feared the Niners, and, and we'll see what Brock Purdy does, but it's really hard for me to believe they could, they could get to the Super Bowl with a, you know, their third quarterback now. Well, you're right. Um, and Brock was amazing in that game against Miami. He became the first ever Mr. Irrelevant to throw a touchdown pass in the NFL. First, last draft pick ever to do that. But as you know, Joe, from watching football, it's one thing when a guy comes in off the bench and the team has no film on him, no idea who he is and how he's going to perform. Well, now Brock has to deal with the idea of people looking at him and game planning. And it happens all the time. You see a kid come off the bench and, wow, he's really good because the defense does not know what to expect, what his tendencies are, what his strengths are, what his weaknesses are. And then he has to go and get prepared on for a full game and all the tape, and all of a sudden you're like, okay, well, maybe that was a little lightning in a bottle. Look, the Niners with Jimmy Garoppolo I thought were a severe challenge to Philadelphia just because of the way they play. They're a little bully ball, and uh, they could play keep away a little bit from that offense, and their defense is good. I tell you, they're not going to catch them for the division title barring a miraculous collapse, but the Cowboys, uh, I think, are a team that, you know, they have a lot of similarities to me to, uh, to the Eagles. Great front seven on defense, good offensive line, can pound the rock and have some playmakers out there at the wide receiver position. So um, I, I think the, the game between Dallas and Philadelphia in Dallas later on this season 
I think is going to be a significant one for the Cowboys. Yeah, it will be. It will be their chance to maybe catch the Eagles top of the division. We'll see about that. I mean, yeah, people are high on the Cowboys right now, and they're, and they're playing great football, and they look like the second-best team in the NFC. Trey, a big-picture question when it comes to the postseason and it comes to the format of this thing. I mean, there's a real chance the two best teams in the NFC record-wise when this season is over, Eagles-Cowboys. Do you think at some point the NFL would consider – a change to the format, you know, re, whether reseeding or, or you know, for this scenario, right? Because we could have the Cowboys on the road the whole time. We could also have the Eagles and Cowboys playing the divisional round instead of an NFC championship game. This happens once in a while. Best two teams in the same division in a conference. What do you think about that? And do you think the NFL should or would consider a change to the format to avoid these teams playing earlier in the playoffs? Well, you know, we've seen it happen before. The Saints uh, were... Uh, we're playing the Seahawks when the Seahawks were seven and nine when they won the NFC West, and that was the Marshawn Lynch Beastquake game where they took them out of the postseason. You know, the Carolina Panthers won it at seven, eight, and one one year. The NFC South, the Commanders, or then the football team in 2020 won it with a losing record. I know this: the NFL is adamant about rewarding winning your division. They believe that's a big deal. So if they were going to reseed it, I think that they would reseed it with saying, "Fine." But the top, the guys that won their division are still one through four because they want to reward someone for winning a division. That has been the, that has been the stance of the NFL for a long time. Does it perchance make more sense to reseed it? Yeah, but I'm not sure the NFL is willing to go there. Trey, you know, when the Cowboys are in the conversation, now we got to talk about the Odell Beckham situation. Um, the Cowboys hosted him. It seemed like there's some cold water on that now. I'm not sure if it's a negotiating tactic or not. We know he's been, you know, connected to the Giants, the Bills here. And now today, Mike Florio threw out the idea of watch the Eagles here. One, what do you think of Beckham and how much he could provide? And two, uh, do you think it would make some sense for the Eagles to try to keep him from the Cowboys? Well, that's the old, you know, addition by subtraction, right, as well as addition by addition. Uh, I think anybody that is going after Odell Beckham Jr. needs to think about it for next year. If, look, whatever you get out of him, either at the end of the regular season or in the play- playoffs, is a total bonus. He ripped up that knee in February, right? It was in the Super Bowl. And Adrian Peterson ruined ACL reconstruction for everybody. He, you know, he tore it up that year on Christmas Eve and came back, started week one, and came within nine rushing yards of the single-season record that season, which was just ridiculous. But I, I think that anybody looking at Odell – and by the way, I think Jerry Jones was right to say what he said. He's like, I'm not going to sign you without working you out. I mean, you tore your ACL up in February. I need to see – I need to know what I need to know. And I think almost any team would feel that way. Um, I still think the Cowboys are in play for him. But I think anybody, anybody, Howie, anybody that's looking at Odell has to think of him as a 2023 uh, contributor. And if you get anything in 2022, it's great. Do you think what we're watching, um, you know, Odell last year certainly was a different situation when he was at Cleveland, but even with the Eagles the last couple of weeks, right, it's Sue, it's Joseph, now we got the backup. Do you think this is going to be a, a new trend in the NFL? Players either hurt or older in their career that kind of hang around, don't go to training camp, don't sign early, and then, you know, they kind of insert themselves into a, into a race in November, December. Yeah, listen, for a, for a veteran player who's been around for a long time and has made a decent chunk of money, it's beautiful. Like, look at Deshaun Jackson, you know, <clears throat> signed off the practice squad now with the Ravens, had that big touchdown against the Jags. Um, if, you're an, if you're a veteran player who has a resume, it's actually more appealing. Like, you know, I was talking to Larry Fitzgerald last year when he never, he never officially announced his retirement, but, you know, he was waiting to see if there was a, a guy down the stretch or a team down the stretch would say, hey, you're the thing that can take us over the top, and it sort of never 
materialize. But for guys like Sue and Linval Joseph and a bunch of other people, I mean, we talked about it with Malcolm Jenkins, you know, even though the Saints still own his rights. Uh, I think it's a, it's a huge benefit for them because at this point, you avoid what just happened to Von Miller, right? Like Von Miller's now done for the year with that torn ACL. And I'm sure, you know, he's, I'm, he's happy he got the contract and got the money. But, I mean, you know, if you could just bring somebody in and play five games and have an opportunity to, to, to you know, potentially play for a Super Bowl title, well, I'm a veteran player. I love that idea. I think it's going to be uh, the new norm here. Uh, one more, Trey, and then we'll get your thoughts on this Giants matchup over the weekend. Jonathan Gannon, Eagles defensive coordinator. Uh, it's it's interesting here in Philadelphia, he's kind of polarizing because he plays defense different than the old school, right? He's not a Buddy Ryan blitz yeah. five guys every time. He, he plays yeah. more of the new school defense. But, but man, it's effective, Trey, and, and I think he's a good coordinator. Yeah. It, it, what, what's your perception, and, and, and do you feel like uh, he may be patrolling a sideline next year somewhere else as a head coach? Well, if not next year, soon. Um, but, you know, the, the shift in the, in the NFL defensive philosophy is a real one. Uh, look, at the, at the end of the day, yards don't matter. I know that's the NFL stat. Yards don't matter. What matters is points and red zone efficiency. Like, if you, if you ask me, okay, if you want, what would you want your defense to be? The number one total defense, which is based on yards per game, or a team that was really good in the red zone and really good on third down? I take give me really good in the red zone and really good on third down over total yards. Like, you can do whatever you want until you get to the 30-yard line. But we're going to make sure it's going to break us for you to get into the end zone. And I, and I think that's the way you have to look at defenses now. Because the way the game is played and called and officiated, you're going to get yards. So yards are not nearly as significant as they used to be. Can you stop them from getting seven and holding them to potential threes? And that's red zone efficiency and third down. To me, those are the stats that I care about most when looking at a team and, and how they're playing defensively. Trey, let's end here. Eagles at Giants on Sunday. And it's a big one because Eagles need to keep winning to stave off the Cowboys here atop this division. Giants have had a nice yeah. year under Dable, um, but they've kind of fallen back the last couple weeks. They tied the Commanders last week. What do you make of this matchup yeah. here, uh, Philadelphia at New York? Well, first of all, that, lo- that tie was actually a loss for the Giants. And I'll explain why. Because they still don't have a division win. They're 0-2-1 in division play. And when all four teams have winning records and all four teams are in the playoff picture, you don't want to be the last one to get a winning, uh, get a win in your division. The, the, the Giants' season comes down to these next two weeks because you got to play the Eagles, and then they got to go to Washington to play the Commanders after that tie. There's a very real possibility after these two weeks they'll be looking at seven, six, and one, and they'll be in last place in the NFC East. Their their whole season rides on these two division games. They have got to get one in the win column. Uh, it's interesting though, right? Uh, the Eagles are seven-point favorites. They failed uh, to cover in their last six road games when they were seven-point favorites. And they've been, I think, a seven-point favorite only seven times since 2010, and they haven't won any of those games. It's a very different team, a very different time, and, you know, they've lost their last two trips uh, to MetLife. But uh, if the, the Eagles can essentially, in my opinion, stomp out the uh, Giants' season because uh, I just think if the Giants lose these next two weeks, they're done. Yeah, they look like they're heading the wrong way. Trey, we appreciate hopping on. We'll catch up again next week. Thank you. You got it, Joe. Take care, buddy. Oh, that's a great spot with Trey. Uh, who's I mean, I, I've, I've had fun talking to Trey Wingo this year, Tucker, who's always one of our favorite guests and always. How about that stat about the Eagles last seven times? They have been a road favorite of seven or more, have not covered any of them. So maybe we get a close game on Sunday. And as always, Trey Wingo is brought to us by... Bet Caesars, Caesars Sportsbook. Your first bet is on Caesars. Bet up to $1,250, and if you don't win, 
He'll get it back as a free bet. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 plus. I like that dramatic pause there. Just make sure everyone knows where Trey is from. And, of course, Trey joins us every Wednesday night. Um, His thought on the NFC and the Cowboys, um, I I mean, look, the reality is, and I know today – it's funny, the Jimmy Garoppolo report and the reporting on Jimmy Garoppolo's broken foot has been so all over the place over the last three days. First it was, uh-oh, he's gone for the season. He needs surgery. Then yesterday it was like, well, maybe not. He could come back. How about Kyle Shanahan today? It was like, yeah, it's a long shot. I mean, let's be real. He broke his foot on December 4th, and the playoffs start on January 15th. He's not going to be back and ready to go as soon as the playoffs start. And I'm I'm just kind of putting it to the side. Now, if Jimmy Garoppolo magically gets ready for the playoffs, are the Niners dangerous? Yeah, but right now they have a third-string quarterback. So I, I look at the NFC right now, and I say it's the Eagles and it's the Cowboys. That's the NFC. 215-592-9494. Hop aboard here. Um, talk some Odell Beckham. I want no part of him. I, once in a while, I, I was, am able to see a comment someone says during the show, and we can address it. I had a, a someone send a message here saying um, – that I'm wrong on the Odell Beckham thing because Odell Beckham Jr. is going to the Hall of Fame. Unless Odell Beckham Jr. is Which bu- Hall of Fame? Yeah, buying a ticket to the Hall of Fame, he's not going to any Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame? That guy's been irrelevant for three years. And I know he played well in the playoffs last year. But his last three regular seasons, the guy's been a ghost. Hall of Fame? Think about how many great receivers are running around the NFL. We're going to let everybody in that had a moment? No way. You know his number one comparison on uh, Pro Football References? I don't. It's Percy Harvin. Is Percy Harvin in the Hall of Fame? No. Will he ever be? No. no. Brandon Cooks is on there. Tyler Lockett. Yeah, nice. There's a dozen of those guys. There's a dozen in the league at once. He he was a tremendous player. I mean, there's no doubting that. At one point, you're like, oh my goodness, this guy's unreal. Those days are gone. I mean, the guy averaged 38, yard, 38 yards a game last year. Get out of here with Hall of Fame. 215-592-9494. Bob is in Bluebell talking Trey Turner. What's up, Bob? Yeah, I just want to talk about Trey Turner. Um, the, the Ron called earlier, and it just seems to me that the guy who called about a half hour ago and was talking about everybody being negative and, and the fact that we, that just, we can't handle that, I put completely agree with them. Um, the guys on MLB Network yesterday did a, had done a study of the decrease in war as you, as you age out. And evidently, the his, history is you peak out at age 30, and then your average decrease in war is about a half of a game, a half of a win per year. So that means that Let's say the 10th or the 11th year, he's a replacement player. Quite frankly, if that's the case, I can easily live with that. The other thing they mentioned, and I'll, I'll let you talk too, the other thing they mentioned is because of his body type, they, they believe that that kind of a body type probably decreases more by about 0.4 per year, which means he's still... A, a one win above replacement player in the eleventh year. Uh, he he could. I mean, obviously those are um, 
you know, those are studies and those are, you know, big picture, long term, you know, kind of throwing everyone in the pot and, and, and stirring sure. it up. So maybe he does. And, and, and obviously he's a he's not an average player. Right. So I always think that the best players, they have a better chance of staying relevant for longer because that they're, they're different. Right. They're, they're better players. Bob, I don't think it's a, a lock that he's done and he can't play anymore in seven years. I mean, I, I, the, one of the comparisons I have for him, he reminds me a little bit of Paul Molitor, and Paul Molitor hit I agree. Um, I until agree he was completely. 40. But the only difference is, Bob, Paul Molitor was a half a DH by by age 34. Like, he's a shortstop. So will he hit for a long time? I think he will. I'm just not sure how he ages his body when he loses speed. Where does he go when he does a play? You know, usually shortstops don't last at that position beyond – 36, maybe 37 at the most. You know, Jay roll Barry Larkin, those kind of guys. Absolutely. Um, and there was one other point that I just can't remember uh, about, about this. Oh, I know what it was. They're not going to go over the second luxury tax. They're just not going to do that. And that, I believe, is $250 million. Mm-hmm. And, and the penalty goes from 20% to 32%. So I know uh, the one guy doesn't like uh, Strom, but by stretching that out to 11 years, you're basically looking at Strom and Turner instead of Strom and a rookie. Yeah, you know what? It's it's almost like the the Phillies, Bob, and and I appreciate your call, and obviously you know your stuff. Um, the Phillies almost treat the the luxury tax, and I guess we're now at the, at the second one, not the first one because they went over that, as the salary cap. These are accounting moves teams in salary cap leagues do, the NBA or the NFL. I mean, Howie Roseman's been amazing at this for a long time, maneuvering the money to make it work, and that's fine. In, in the NFL, because when the player is no longer worth the money or the player is no longer relevant or you just don't want them on the roster, you just cut them. You can't do that in baseball. So that my my thing with this is the Phillies didn't have to do it the way they did it. The the, the whole thing is do I, am I happy that that right uh, Trey Turner's here? I'm, I'm ecstatic. He's a great player. I can't wait to watch Trey Turner in Phillies uniform. He he will be a tremendous Philly for a long time. I would be happier if it was for seven years. They could pay him whatever they want to pay him. Whatever, the, whatever if he wants three hundred million dollars to sign here, give it to them. It's their choice that they don't want to go over the second. Tax like that's that. I mean, that doesn't affect us. What affects us is down the line. Like, and it that this day will come. Like, he will be a player that obviously it'd be better if he's not around at some point. Hopefully, that day you know it takes a while to get there. I mean, maybe he hits till he's 38, 39, and it's only one or two or three years at the end. Here's the thing in the last 60 years, do you know how many players have posted an average league average OPS? At age 38 or older in the middle infield. Or Can outfield. I guess? So it's, all right, so let me clarify again. Last 60 years, a middle infield or center field, right? So the middle of the diamond. Last 60 years, above average or average OPS. How many? I'll say two. Two's a really good guess because it's the answer. Can I guess who the players are? Well, this is bonus points. If you can guess the players, uh, yeah, go ahead. I mean, Derek Jeter kept hitting until he was like 39. Can I guess Derek Jeter? Derek Jeter was it, yes. And I assume because he threw in the center field qualifier, it would be a center fielder. Mm-hmm. Give me a, a guy who probably wasn't built on speed, who, who probably could play because he, he was built a little bit more solidly. Something like Jim Edmonds, maybe? You just pulled Jim Edmonds right out of your hat. Just right out of my hat. The, probably one of the 
most forgotten stars of the last 20 years? He, well, that's true. I, I thought Jim Edmonds was, was one notch below Hall of Fame. But now let's see how if Tucker gets triple extra points, he tells me the years those two did it. Because obviously we saw the same stat, and he's remembering it all. You fans. texted me this stat yesterday. Oh, well, that's why you saw it. Jeter, 2013? 12. And Edmonds, like, 06? 8. Close. So I texted it as that? I forgot. You sent it to me yesterday morning. Yeah, I forgot about it. I doing that. That's why you knew it. 215-592-9494. Also, do you feel like most people are complaining? I mean, I I brought this up the last two nights because I think it's I think it's relevant to the discussion. They've got an eleven year deal. But other than Ron, I really haven't seen most people complain. Now, I feel like most people are mad that we're bringing it up. I, I feel like most people are mad that that we're raining on their parade. I just I get it. Like I am excited that we get to watch Trey Turner, but at the same point, we know what Dave Dombrowski has done. We know what his reputation is. He wins and he wins in punches, but he often leaves the the, the team in a complete wreckage after he's done. And that's something that we discussed when the Phillies hired him, right? Like that's why we didn't want Dave Dombrowski here. We knew he could do this. We knew he was capable of it. But I also look ahead to, you know, twenty thirty and twenty thirty one when your son is graduating high school. It's probably not going to be want to be able to go to Phillies games because they're going to be like 65 and 92 that year. Yeah, you know what they got to hope? Uh, first of all, they have to hope they win within the next five years, which they, they absolutely can. I mean, the Phillies can win a World Series here in the next handful of years. The other thing they need to hope is Trey Turner needs to hit a lot in the first five years so the pursuit of 3,000 hits is on the table. I wonder how many hits he has. Maybe 1,100? I feel like I looked it up the other day. Is that like 1,150? 1150, 11 years left. What do we t- what do we think he averages per year hits? Can could Trey Turner average? Is that 1050? I take that back. 1050. Could Trey Turner average 190 hits a year for the next 11? That gets him in the mix, doesn't it? Uh, for since his first full season, he's averaged 200 hits per 162 games. So I'm I'm accounting for a little bit of a decline. Yeah. I mean, if you add in the pandemic season where he only got uh, 78 hits, which led all of baseball. He averages 160 hits per year. So, so, so um, he's at what? 1050? 1033. That's the exact 1033. number. 1033. If you do 190 times 11, it's 2,090 more. He would, he would be in the 3,000 hit club in his final year. 190 is a lot. Uh, I know. Well, well it, but... I think he. But could. you look at since 2018, he's had 180, 155, 78, which is the pandemic season, 195, and then 194 last year. Who had more hits than him last year? Freeman, maybe, maybe just Freeman. Maybe. Um, well, that your your point is taken. 190 is a lot. I I if he he has to sprinkle in a few 200 hit seasons to start off his Phillies run. Like the next three years, it's got to be 210, 215, 220, which maybe with the shift rules happens. 215-592-9494. Do you want Odell Beckham Jr. on the Eagles? I want no part of it. And we get back, latest odds on the Phillies for the World Series. Where, where are the, what's the movement now? What are their odds to win the World Series after getting Taiwan Walker, Tucker's new guy, Matt Strom, and... The star that is Trey Turner. That's next, and your phone calls on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Welcome back, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Gillio with you. Tucker Bagley's behind the glass. You guys with us, 215-592-9494. Joining us at 9 o'clock, Kyle Newbeck, Philly voice, and uh, one half of the new Sixers podcast, Clap Your Hands. It's a good, you know what? 
It's a lot of podcasts, right? I, I actually think we've jumped the uh, shark now with podcasts. It's just, I mean, how many podcasts? Is this it? the one that broke the camel's well, back? Well, I don't, I don't, I don't want to throw cold water on our new podcast here at Odyssey with with Elliot and and I just mean we have so many. But I don't you when you've thought at some point someone would have done clap your hands for a Sixers podcast. I think it's weird that like there really has never been a relevant Sixers podcast, has there? Uh, one that actually like a lot of people listen to it caught yeah, on. Yeah, and, and like maybe if they get a big enough audience, they can have live shows and like draft watch parties and stuff. If they that becomes a thing, no, none of those ever existed. I no, mean, never. A couple tried, but like you know, they make probably name their uh, thing something stupid, like after a second round pick or something. Right, and that's why it didn't work out. It, it didn't last for the long term. So, so I, I dreaming kids. I would say our new Odyssey Sixers podcast is the only Sixers podcast. Do you think they play the Sixer song at the beginning? I don't know. I mean, I, again, Kyle's going to join us at nine. He'll tell us all about it. Him, he and Elliot. Uh, I believe they recorded their first one. You can go, you go find it on the Odyssey app or anywhere you find podcasts. Uh, they recorded their first one after the loss to the Rockets on Monday night, which we didn't talk much about. I just want to quickly touch on the Sixers. We'll, we'll get to the you know conversation with Kyle coming up at nine. That loss on Monday was a disgrace. The, the Sixers. You know, I know last week everyone lost their mind over the, the schedule loss comment by Doc Rivers. Or was it even, when was that? When, when, when was the schedule loss? Was that earlier this week? I, I've lost track. It was last week, schedule loss. Last Thursday. Last week against Cavs? Charlotte. Charlotte. That was the schedule Memphis. loss? I thought it was against the Cavs. Cavs. It, whatever it was. You know what? I hate this Sixers team. How's that? This team has been miserable to watch. Monday was a miserable game. I got to see a, v- a video now of, of James Harden at the club after the game. Welcome back, James. Four of 19 from the field and go out afterwards. I mean, this team has been miserable this season. So we'll talk to Kyle about the team and, and the direction. Can they turn this thing around? Because it really has been a bad Sixers season. So we'll get to that. Your calls in a minute. I wanted to update you on the latest odds, World Series odds for 2023. Now, this is very fluid. You know, this is the time of year where stars change teams or they, maybe they stay, right? Aaron Judge today stayed with the Yankees. Trey Turner left the Dodgers to come to the Phillies. DeGrom leaves the Mets to go to the Rangers. Verlander leaves the Astros to go to the Mets. So the stars changing, and there's plenty more out there. Correa is still out there. Bogarts is still out there. All that. But here are the latest odds. Up to the moment, World Series odds. The Houston Astros, despite losing Justin Verlander, still the favorite over at FanDuel Sportsbook, plus 550. The Dodgers, despite losing Trey Turner, the set, the uh, the favorite in the NL and the second favorite uh, six to one. Yankees after retaining Aaron Judge today nine to one. The Mets at nine to one after uh, replacing Degrom with Verlander, and then the Philadelphia Phillies come in at ten to one, um, tied with the Braves. So the top six in World Series odds as of this moment: Astros, Dodgers, Yankees, Mets, Phillies, Braves. Man, the NL East is good. We're three of the top six, you know, right now are in the same division. Do you think it's funny that the Phillies are coming off a pennant? We're talking about them as World Series contenders, possibly perennially as we move forward. We never mentioned them possibly winning the NL East. Are we just accepting that they're a step behind those other two teams, at I'm, least when it comes to regular season baseball? I'm not sure they're going to be behind the Mets. You know, the Mets have an old rotation. They may lose Brandon Nimmo, who's a good player. And I don't know how they replace Brandon Nimmo in center field. I, I can see the Mets coming back next year. The Braves are the one. Doesn't it just feel like day-to-day they're they're the most consistently good team? Yes. They're 
I mean, besides the Dodgers and the Astros, I would say they've been the best team in baseball for three or four years now. Yeah, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Mets fall back um, and are more of a wild card contender than a, than a division contender next year. Uh, the Padres are next at 15-1. How about the story this morning? The Padres came out of nowhere late last night to offer Aaron Judge $400 million. And he said, no, they've been turned down by Trey Turner and Aaron Judge, and they've been the highest bidder on both. What, what's going on out there? It's like watching the rich, ugly kid get rejected for prom like 12 times. Do you feel bad? I, I, I mean, I still think about the, the song that those morons out in San Diego sang. 100% I think this is all their fault. I mean, I, I refuse I, to think of Padres fans as anything else but those five gentlemen. Sometimes I watch that, that video. and You know, it's been viewed six million times. How many do you think? Like, if we had lost that series, I would never want to see them again. The fact that... Not only did we win, we won in five and absolutely embarrassed them. It makes me want to watch it every day. Like, I want to wake up and I want to see them singing. Can you cue up that song? I need to hear it again because it's. I'm, I'm going to laugh when I when I we hear it. Uh, let's go to Matthew and Reading. What's up, Matthew? Hey, Joe. You're literally one of my favorite radio hosts, but you got my blood boiling today, man. I'll tell you. Woo! About what? Uh, the contract thing. You rather pay them three hundred million and seven instead of eleven? Do you know how ridiculous that is? Why? Okay. I did the math. It's fifteen dollars. Uh, it would be an extra fifteen million dollars a year if you did it your way. Sure. My question is, if you did it your way after year seven, do you get that fifteen million dollars back each year? No, you get. There's no, a, it's gone. It doesn't exist. It's still not in your budget. It's still not in your payroll. It's still not in your bank. You still can't use it. But wait a second, Matthew. If you did it my way, when we get to the eighth year, there's no money on the books, so you could have new players that are good. Instead of a 37 or 38 year old who likely will not be good. What money on the books are you talking about? The money's gone. It doesn't exist anymore. If you do it the way the Phillies did it, that money's there on the books later. Matt, I honestly don't understand what you're talking about. Why would you want a player like? But all right, let's 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 break this down simply for everyone. Do, Matt, would you and I agree? That you tell me. For the next six or seven years, we expect Trey Turner to be a very, you know, a great to very good to good player. Yes. Okay, I'll answer your questions, but don't cut me off later. No, no, just yes, um, yes. Do we agree on that part? Yeah, the players, players be great over years. Right, Absolutely. right. So then, so do you then agree with me that in year eight, nine, ten, eleven, he's probably not going to be a good player? No. You don't agree. Well, well, less than less than he is now. I mean, I don't know oh. what you're getting at. Matt, probably not. What, what, uh, no. In the what history, in the history of baseball, players that are 38, 39, 40, 41 are they're unplayable, and that he will have to be here for all four of those years. He doesn't have to be here. They just have to pay him. There's, they owe Scott Kingery twelve million dollars a year for the next five years. He's not on the roster. Okay, so okay, that's fine. So in this team has a budget, right? Every business, every person. Has well, budget. right. So, like, yeah. so, so, but, but all right. So let's let's say it plays out the way you think, and they just cut him when he's thirty-eight or thirty-nine years old. If if he's not, you know, a serviceable player anymore, well, that's part of their budget for those years. Like those years, they will not be able to have as good of a team as they possibly could for whatever their budget is, because they're budgeting twenty-seven million dollars to a player that's sitting on the couch. How do you like that? That money's gone. Whether you spend it in year three or year no, one or no, year no, five. No, 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 Matthew, it's not gone. Scott you can't. You asked me a bunch of questions. Let me ask Hold you on, but hold, I want to make sure you understand. If you do, I'll stop asking. I want to make sure we're on the same page. 
You know when the Phillies calculate their luxury tax for this year, Scott Kingry's on it. So just like if they cut Trey Turner tomorrow for the next 11 years, whether he's here, he's on the moon, he's on Mars, it's $27 million a year. Okay, let me ask you this. If I give you a, a gift card for $100, you spend it all in the first week or you take five weeks to spend it, two months from now, how much money's on that gift card? Zero. It's gone. And the other thing you're missing is that the way these businesses are able to invest money, compound interest, when you save that $15 million a year, let's face it, it's more than $15 million a year once you start having luxury tax, payroll tax, other businesses, they're able to compound interest how quick they're going to turn that $15 million a year every year into more than $15 million, and what they can do with that money later and spend it on we, we, year 11, like you're talking about, they'll have more money to spend. You keep saying the money's gone. I, I want to just one more time. Do you think if the Phillies, after seven years, decide to buy Trey Turner out and he goes home, do you think that the money's off their books, like in terms of the luxury tax? Because it's not. It's on their, it's on their books either way. It's $300 million that is coming out of your bank account, whether you're doing it over 11 years, seven years, or four years. That money's gone. But it doesn't it, exist. But, you spend it. But, okay, so, but, it, but every dollar they have, they can't spend as much as they would. They can't feel as good of a team if he's here at 41 years old as if he's not. Why would you want him? To, why do you want him on the team when he's 40? He, he doesn't have to be. You just have to pay him. The Mets are paying, I forget which players, they're paying him $1 million a year for 50 years. This he's is not, not one. Wait a, sec, but wait a second. This is not $1 million, Matthew. It's 27. And, and I, everyone thinks like the, the money's going to multiply by $50 million a year over the next 10 years. $27 million in baseball 10 years from now or 11 years from now, it obviously is not what it's going to be today. I mean, we all realize that, right? It's, it's, what, I don't, what I understand is what, how you can't understand that money doesn't exist. You're, you, you think if you pay it— Do you hear you what you it, just said to me? If you pay it early, it's like, you, like later it reappears and no, it's gone. You I don't—does you, you don't, it, it, this help them—all right, let me ask you this. Does this help the Phillies field the best team year in, year out for the next 11 years? Absolutely. Absolutely not. Absolutely. The the answer is no. No, it's not. The way they invest money, they can turn $15 million. These these top corporations and top businessmen, they average between 11% and 18% on their investments. You tell me what, what, what 17... Compound interest. Let me me simplify what I I feel about this. And, And you could agree or disagree. The Phillies have a self-imposed budget, right? There's no salary cap. Would, would, would you agree with me on that? There's, there's not a salary cap. It, whatever, the, whatever they budget is, right, 250, 260, whatever they decide, it's self-imposed. Would you agree? The question to that answer is yes for every business, whether it's sports or not. No, 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 but yes. no, but that's not true. It's not, Matthew, that's not true. In other sports where there's a salary cap, like the Eagles in the NFL, it is league-imposed. This is a self, every team in baseball has a self-imposed budget. They could spend whatever the hell they want. They choose to spend up to luxury tax one or two or whatever. So it's self-imposed. What I believe, they did this with the Bryce Harper contract, and they're doing it with Trey Turner. They choose to smooth out the money. That way, they could avoid the highest luxury tax each year. If the Phillies chose, they could give, they could give this guy his $300 million over the next six or seven years, not have to worry about the other years where he's here or he's on their books. And be done me, with it. But they choose right. not to for their own accounting. It doesn't let make me, their let, team better. Let me ask you well, it one last way. If you owe me $100 and you have $200 in the bank account, you pay me $50 twice or $100 once, how much money is left in your bank account? You still have $100 left. 
It's not like the money goes back just because you paid it later, earlier, or sooner. No, but the money's it, gone. You don't have it to we spend. Already, we already agreed. They have a budget. So in year 10, 11, 9, 10, 11, whether he's here or he's not, whether they buy him out or he's playing second base or he's sitting on the bench all the games, they part of their budget for those seasons, like those years will happen, Matthew. We will watch the Phillies in 2030. We will be fans. Part of their team that year, because of the way they structured this contract, is Trey Turner instead of another good player. Like, why don't you acknowledge that? You're not acknowledging the fact that the way they're spending the, the way they're, they're spreading out the money gives them more money later, not less. The way they invest, they don't get negative investments. These businesses know how to invest money. They know how to turn one million dollars into three million dollars. And I just don't understand like why the concept of if you have a you got hundred dollars to spend, you spend it in one day or three days. At day four, you still have no money. You still spent the hundred dollars. It's gone. Matthew, we're going to end with this. You keep using one hundred. Let's use one hundred as a very simple like you know we could all understand it. In 2031, let's pretend the Phillies have $100 to spend on their. They've they've decided they're going to spend $100 million on their team in 2031. Okay, let's. We're all following along. They have now allocated 27 of those 100 to Trey Turner, who will be 41. Whether they cut him or not, 27 of the 100 is gone. Why don't you realize this? They can't use it. You're assuming that they don't redo their budget every year and they don't uh, increase it based on past investments. Okay. No, no, you're you're you're, ch- you're you're changing the you're changing the no, story. No I'm, no, I'm not. You act like just because they spread it out, they handcuff themselves later. No, but oh, okay, they, Han- they, handcuff they themselves, Matthew. Handcuff themselves because they increase the money value with investments. How come? All right, Matthew. How come nobody else in the history of baseball, besides the Phillies? has ever given out a free agent contract over 10 years. The Phillies have now done it twice in the last four. Do you not realize what they're doing? There's a player that does it. There's a player that's still collecting $1 million a year for the rest of his life. No, that was a buyout, Matthew. It was a buyout. It wasn't a contract. It was a buyout. Because it freed up Mets money from the future on, even though they owe that $1 million every year. their Their owners at that time, Matthew, were poor. That wasn't a baseball decision, Matthew. It wasn't a choice. I'm done. I just don't understand why we all can't acknowledge what this is. Who would want Trey Turner for 11 if you could have him for 7 at the age of 30? Am I in, a, am I, am I in La La Land here? Can we acknowledge that Scott Kingery is on the books for $8 million this season? I don't want to acknowledge that. You know he has a club option for 13 next year? Do you think that gets picked up? Like, Can we, for one minute, not just be completely like drunk and, and just be... like Not even objective is the right word. Just be real, people. Just be real. Every time another team signs a player in their 40s, we laugh at them. And then the Phillies do, and it's like, no, this is actually smart. This is not. It's not. I'm excited for Trey Turner, but to pretend that this makes sense for the Phillies for every year of this deal is false. I I don't know what to say. I I just don't know how anyone could think it's a good— If if not, like, pretend this didn't happen, right? Pretend this contract didn't happen. And I said to you— Trey Turner, 30 years old. What, what, how, long, how long do you want it for? You get to choose. Who's choosing 11? Would you have chosen 11? On Sunday night, if I said they're signing Trey Turner tomorrow, you get to choose how, what the contract is. How long? Like five or six. I think everyone would have. I just, I don't know. I'm very confused right now. That was an interesting eight minutes.
Is it eight minutes? Yeah, I just, I understand where he was coming from. And I understand the idea of investments and them being able to accumulate more cash. But when you have a budget, and when you're only allowed to pay a certain amount of money based on your own budget, allocating significant funds of that budget to 40-year-old shortstops <laughs> probably isn't a smart use of those funds. Uh, that that's That's obviously the truth. It's a bad... This, it's a bad way to do it. The only reason that it's going to make some sense in the early part is because their budget, they will have more money to spend on this year's team, next year's team, the team after that. And that makes us all feel good, right? It's like the cap hits are lowered. It's an NFL way of structuring a contract. But in the NFL, when a player goes bad, you cut them and owe them nothing. That's not this. Let's, let's play out Jalen Hurts for a second, right? Eagles are going to probably pay Jalen Hurts $45 million a year after the season. $45 million per year. If Jalen Hurts is a great quarterback for the next five years, he'll be here the next five years and everyone will be happy. If Jalen Hurts in year four of his next contract falls off a cliff and stinks, they will be able to cut him. And the next year, depending on the structure of the contract, and like it could count for zero. It could count for maybe five, 10, 15 of that 25. You know what it won't count for? All 45. This is not the NFL. It, it, it's, it's not the NFL. It's, 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 it, they're guaranteed contracts. I just would, I, I would, is there anyone else in this city besides Tucker that's willing to say, Trey Turner's a great player. I can't wait to watch him on opening day. I'm not thrilled that he's going to be here in 2031. Like, no one else could say that. It, it's, this is among the most bizarre things that we all can't agree that this is a... Won't he be here in 2034? Oh, my God. I guess right? you're right. 20, 34? It's not 2020 anymore. No. I know sometimes we think it is. You're right about that. Um, I've lost, I mean, that last eight minutes, I may have lost all my brain cells talking about $100. And You know, it's when someone's that insistent, do you ever question whether or not you're wrong? Like, do you question, like, I must be missing something if this person is so insistent that they are right? Yeah, but also 40-year-old shortstops. <laughs> Like I, I don't need to do the math to tell me that's probably not a good idea. 215-592-9494. We'll take all your phone calls, Philly stuff, Odell Beckham, I want no part of him. Um, and we'll also catch up with our guy Kyle Newbeck, one of the new hosts of the Clap Your Hands podcast on the Sixers. That's next on Sports Radio 94 WIP.